Welcome to episode four of the Sourcing Challenge Show. In this weekly show, I'll be having conversations with sources from around the world and talk about their journey into sourcing, what exciting projects they're working on, and what tools they use. My name is Mark Lundgren. This week's episode is brought to you by SourceCon, the premier conference for sorcerers. We're coming to Budapest in June this year. I asked the SourceCon editor, Shannon Pritchett, to tell us a bit more about that. We're coming to Europe June 12th through 13th. Um, you know, this, uh, this June, um, my primary goal is just to expand the community. You know, here in the U.S., we have a, a tight-knit, close sourcing community. Um, but it's really incomplete if you look at it um, compared to all the other sources that we have around the world. And so um, my main goal for this conference is just to establish that same community type feel we have in the U.S. over in Europe. And so that sourcers can, you know, have the opportunity to learn and share ideas with each other and um, just you know, better help each other out when it comes to finding um, and engaging, uh, engaging talent. So um, we're lucky there's already been a strong um, movement with sourcing in Europe. Um, there's already some, you know, pretty good, well-established conferences um, a lot of well-known sourcers in Europe. So the fact that we can just join the party and just help grow the community um, is exactly what I've been wanting to do for years. So um, can't wait for June. <laughs> if you have not yet booked your tickets for SourceCon in Budapest, make sure to do it before the 17th of March to take advantage of early bird pricing and use the discount code SCFAMILIA to get an extra 10% off the ticket price. In this week's episode, I sat down with Susanna conway Fraser from Universal Music in the U.S. and talked to her about how she got into sourcing, sources who code, and what tools she likes working with. First, I asked Susanna how she got started in sourcing. Right out of college, I went to college for engineering. Mm -hmm. And I decided I didn't want to stare at a computer all day. <laughs> so imagine that. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Um, so I ended up graduating with a business degree. Changed my major that last year. And then I still was like, well, I don't know what the heck to do now. Um, so I became an IT recruiter. And then I was staring at a computer all day and was like, I don't want to do this. Like, and I was also extremely frustrated because I was having conversations with candidates trying to hit my numbers. And then I was entering in their information into our system. And like two weeks later, you know, the perfect opportunity with, for them would come up. And I wasn't able to recall who they were. So I'm like, I'm essentially just wasting everybody's time, including mine and whoever I finally get on the phone. Um, so I said, screw this. I'm moving to Thailand and I'm serious. Like I was like, what is as far away as possible? I need a totally new perspective and to kind of like find myself. Um, and I also wanted like a characteristically peaceful country, the Buddhism there. I thought, you know, I'd, I'd get my vibe on or whatever. Um, and then I fell in love with like the whole teaching and training aspect of stuff. So when I came back to the States, I implemented, you know, training programs for recruiters and sourcers. Um, so that, that was kind of my segue there, but yeah, Thailand, why Thailand? Cause it's as far away as possible <laughs> and peaceful. When I lived in Thailand, I maybe, I was there about a year and I know maybe like five phrases total. <laughs> it's guess so tonal yeah. that I would have them repeat things and I still wasn't able to say it back. It's I my ear didn't pick it up at all. No. And that was that was really, really difficult because I lived in this little remote community. Where were with, you? In Thailand. I was in Pukyo, which I can't even say that right. Because <laughs> I was on a bus 
I was on a bus from Bangkok to Tokyo, and the driver kept asking me, like, when do you get off? And I was like, <laughs> so you didn't know where you're going. <laughs> and then he was like, Pook. And so then I was like, okay, Pukyo, Pukyao, Piao. Like, where am I going? One of these has to be right. <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't even know where I lived, but um, no, it was just, it was a really rural community. A um, couple hours outside of Bangkok, and like you never would have gone there unless you were placed there as yeah. an English teacher. Um, I was thankful to have air conditioning, you know, a unit. Yeah. Uh, but most people did not. One of my friends lived in like a garage that you like lifted up the door. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It no, was, it makes was sense. A total like just a totally different environment. But I was one of. Um, like native English speaking, maybe one of five people in the community. And so I didn't talk to anybody <laughs> for a year. <laughs> it was ridiculous. How did you switch, you switch then from kind of recruiting and training to, well, pure sourcing as today? I, my original background was with Tech Systems, which is the nation's largest IT staffing company. So my, um, my, my foundation was very strong from like a recruitment standpoint. When I moved back to Louisville, I joined a very, very small um, local IT staffing firm. And I was working on the same positions for the same companies as I was at Tech Systems. And I wasn't having much success doing what, you know, I'd done previously. I knew that I knew how to do it, but it was because our employer brand didn't have the backing of such a large corporation. So I took it upon myself to kind of learn recruitment marketing um, and ended up marketing myself so well that I was getting a lot of interest from candidates and prospects and I wasn't able to keep up with it. Mm. So I, that's how I transitioned into sourcing. Um, because again, I couldn't manage a full desk. And so once I had kind of mastered the sourcing, recruitment, marketing piece of things, my brand was picked up by a national company and they brought me on Tronk. It's the property owner of the LA Times and Chicago Tribune. Um, they brought me on to build out their first sourcing department because that's essentially what I inadvertently did here locally. And so from Tronk, I built out um, their first sourcing function as well as standardized all of their recruitment workflow across mm -hmm. eight different business units that previously acted independently. So that was like tickled my recruiting fancy, sourcing fancy. Then we went into employer branding since all those eight different units now operated under an umbrella. Um, and my boss that I really connected with he jumped ship and went to a global company, Universal Music Group, to build out their first talent acquisition operations department and asked me to join him as, after a while um, when they were ready to start building out their sourcing functions. So that's kind of how I ended up doing what I'm doing. That's good. And what's yeah. the, you've been there kind of for a while now. What's something exciting yeah. that you're working on now then? Okay, so first off, the name Universal Music Group is pretty freaking awesome because that means, one, it's global, and two, it's music. 
And so that's, that's very exciting. But also it's a very well-known brand and we have a lot of good social following. So we already had all of this audience, but now it's how do we capture it from a careers and a talent acquisition standpoint. So building out their recruitment marketing has been, it, it's like a dream come true. Because um, again, music, global, and you already have the audience. You don't have to work for them, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, so that's something that I'm really, really enjoying as well as like, we're trying to take sourcing and create it into a program. So as, as opposed to like, you know, am I having to, um, assist each recruiter individually? It's more like streamlined and a workflow and yeah. a program for departments, not specific recruiters. And so that's been challenging because <laughs> I'm very like nitty gritty and detail oriented. And when you're pitching services to a department, you have to be very high level and like, this is what we can do for you. Um, whereas I'm like, and here's how we're going to do it. And you know, it's like, woo. Yeah. Um, it's also just you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, not from a recruitment marketing standpoint. No, we but from have, a sourcing kind of. Yeah. But from, yeah. Oh Yeah. Um, but I look forward to building out my team once we get this rolling. I, I really can't wait to build out a team. Like I can't wait to be a manager and to help develop an employee and also be able to talk nerdy with somebody that like gets it. That that's what I did with Natalie. Like I joined her team because I knew that's like I don't have to explain to her what I do. <laughs> which <laughs> most of my career that's been yeah, working for managers okay. who had no clue what I did. Or How where... do you explain it? So for anybody who works in sales, it's I've gotten it down to kind of like, well, look, from a sales point of view, we're marketing and um, business development, like, you know, sales development. Yeah. Um, recruiters are the account managers and the ones who close it. So I'm like, I'm SDR and marketing. That's what we do. But then I hand it over. So anybody in sales, they're like, oh, okay, I understand that that's a good way to put it now i've i've tried to establish my pitch because yeah, hard in universal music it's like it's, well you should be able to like like they have talent scouts going out like that's a big part of the business yeah but i'm not unfortunately sourcing artists i'm sourcing no, but the concept of being a talent scout that's what you do oh okay i get what you bring them in yeah. but all of that like closing a contract and all of that malarkey. hold on hold on hold on that's I need to write this down I'm a talent scout that's what you are we used to You're call right. that I, I've been in companies where we called it that because nobody understands what sourcing is so we call <laughs> it talent scout because it's what we do I like that a lot I'm, I'm gonna have to and use you that. could and they could understand what that means while they have some yeah. kind of perception of it and they, why they wouldn't expect you to take it all the way through the process because that's simply not where your core skill lies. I'm the scout you're the scout and let the legal team and the, you know, all of the account people deal with all the contract things. No, I like the way that you described that. Cause right now I'm pitching it like with three different services. So there's like the research aspect, then there's the positioning is what I call it. Essentially how to market the positions yeah. um, after doing all that research. And then three is the direct sourcing where you're identifying. And then the handoff for me is once I get somebody that's qualified, interested, and available. So, but do you do the phone screens? No, 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 no. Okay. No. I had that battle back and forth with management. Like my time is more valuable humping this computer. <laughs> like, Core not skill. Like 
Look, and it, especially when it gets to anything technical, it's like, I can do a phone screen, but I'll waste my time and the candidate's time. Because all I'm going to be asking is like, tell me about something that's already on your profile that I know about, because otherwise I wouldn't have contacted you. And, you know, can you talk technical enough for me to sound like you know it? Because, you know, I don't. So if you, if you sound more technical than I do, then you're probably good enough. Right. No, I, I totally agree with you. And that, when I was an IT recruiter and screening, of course, technical folks, that was like one of my, I cried the first time I picked up the phone because I was like, I can't speak tech. Like I had an engineering background, so I knew enough to be dangerous, but still, I don't know if your answers are valid. Like I catch on to buzzwords and stuff, but I can't get into the nitty gritty with you. And so my need to have all of that background research, which Glossary Tech is a great tool oh, to yeah. do that now, but it wasn't around back in the day. Um, it was so frustrating for me. And I realized that I needed to let go of the know-it-all in myself, but it was a struggle for me. Um, so yeah, the phone really scares me. I'm very thankful that I don't have to do that. But hey, you just mentioned that you're doing all of the in or recruiters handle all the inbound traffic. So what about your job posting and job descriptions? Inbound. Really? See, when I'm doing my research and my positioning, I'm tweaking our job descriptions to reflect, you know, and optimize. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's an added benefit. The problem is when yeah. they start relying on that and all of a sudden you're also the posting department. I am the posting department. Yeah, and that's not scalable. So look at this from a global. How many roles, like individual roles, do you have globally? Because that's what it's going to end up at. Ideally, we're going to be training our hiring managers. Somebody needs to take it and say, this is now the new normal. Yeah. Because hiring managers, that like they're interview, the but this is... Though. Yeah, yeah, but the template is going to be somebody else's job. But they're just going to use whatever template is approved. That's the yeah. thing. And, but, and that's a job in itself. And it's like, I normally stay away from that because it's, it's not my core. Um, and I, my job is best done. It's like a puzzle. Of, yeah, but like, I'd rather reach out to people and actually talk to them. I like talking to people. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's like optimizing your messaging, be it on a job description or your outbound um, emails and mails and what have you. Like, it's a puzzle. It's how do I get people interested right out of the get-go with either the job title or the subject line, what have you. How do I use SEO so that my job descriptions and postings are popping up, you know, at the front of the page, on the top of the page, as opposed to, you know, 10 pages later. Um, same thing with emails. How do I hook them to get them interested to read more? Um, I, there's just an art to the craft. That's and, the recruitment marketer in you, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but I tell you what, the success that we've had with optimizing our job descriptions, my, okay, so we, we still have our not optimized postings out there. So I'm able to directly, you know, compare the two. And the traffic that we're getting from optimized postings account for like 65% of all of our interviews. And it's not that much work. Like before well, that. Yeah. And you're not looking to get there. more. You're just looking to get. But they're quality if they're getting Exactly. You're, you're, you're going to get, you rather want have less people applying because they segment themselves out. And they're like, that's mm -hmm. not me. Absolutely. But at the same time, 
I'd rather have quality applicants than, you know, McDonald's cashiers applying for VP level of e-commerce positions. Yeah. So that's like the reason I'm saying we don't, I, I don't do inbound. And we did that with stats as well. It's like the number of inbound you need for a quality, somebody interviewed, um, like we were looking at it at some point, like 200 to one. That, oh, was, wow. that was global. Um, yeah. Some countries were a lot worse. Whereas from a sourcing point of view, it was like 18 to one and 20. Totally. So it's like my time is better used at finding people rather than looking through things. Yes. I get completely on board with that. Absolutely. And cause I've been doing a lot of benchmarking when I'm pitching my services to various departments and to see the amount of candidates needed on a global scale for various departments and also like how many interviews are the average we only room for progress here. When you're sourcing, are you sourcing from your ATS too? Most people, they have an ATS that nobody knows how to search. And even if or they, they did, just yeah. don't. No, and even if they did, I mean, like most ATSs are not very. Well, see, I'm trying to drive so many applicants and whatnot into our ATS from, again, that recruitment marketing standpoint that that becomes like our primary hub and pipeline. Yeah. So from a pipelining perspective, it's very efficient and effective to take on optimizing those jobs and posting them and becoming, you know. How do you know where they come from? Do you have UTM yeah, cameras? Okay. Because that's always and the problem. I, I mean, I even looked at that and they were like, oh, LinkedIn is this. And then applied on our job website. I'm like, we all know that the people who applied for a job on our website did not find out about us from our website. So that's very true. How do we, that's our number one source of hires is our career site. Oh, same here. But that's just not true. What I want to know is that where did you actually find out about, you know, what, what made you think of us? Yeah. Do you think that you would ask that question during like a new hire orientation or something? Yeah. But part of the onboarding program. What about outbound messaging? Video what i talked about last year and i'm talking about in budapest like i i'm not gonna do carry meals and hyper personalize every message because i send a couple of hundreds a week do I, you how do you keep up with it you track it i know it's just it's it's a lot it's tracking it's about and <laughs> yeah. that's that's where i'm like that's where i can get techie because i want to have the systems that i can track that Amen. And it's like, even if I have a template, I still end up spending lots of time of how do I personalize this template? Yep. Or I could just send a video because so that's already personalized. That you? Yeah. A video of you. How long does, how, like how many minutes do people take to personalize a template email? This take a couple of minutes. Yeah. How long does it take you to shoot a one minute video? Well, I, I'm interested to hear like what's even on the video. Like you, like the same thing you did, you were writing in, in, a, in your first email, but without, cause the thing is I don't have to hyper personalize that. It's like, you're interesting because you've worked with like with this company, that company. And you, like, I can see that you got good experience within this programming language from your GitHub stack overflow, wherever things that you already know. The only thing I want to get out of it is like, I need to get them to the next step, which is get on a call with me or with my recruiter. I don't have to sell anything else. It's like, just get on a call. And what I'm selling is that it's not, we have a job. You want to talk to me. It's like, you pique my interest from your profiles. I want to have a conversation with you to find out where you want to bring your career. Then I might have something for you that 
could be helpful for that, either now or in the future. Right. Um, and if I don't, I'll tell you I don't. But do you have 15 minutes to explain to me, you know, where do you see yourself? What's the ideal job for you? That's always my question. That's why I like talking to people. Yeah. I, I'm not going to sell it on an email. And I don't want to sell it. I want them to buy it. What are you using to record your videos? Uh, there's loads of tools, depending on what operating system yeah. you're running on. And then you just attach it to an email? And people aren't hesitant to open it? Some are. Uh, developers, I tend to have to write. But again, that I can put in a template. Right. Explain to them what it is. Like I could spend, you know, 10 minutes writing an email to you or you could just write, see, see this email. I double do it as well. Um, so the tool I use puts a GIF of the video in it. Ooh. So it actually, plus getting their name up um, and plus I then put the link to the actual land. It's a landing page. with a right. So I would double it so that they also have the link that they can see the full URL. Will you send me an example? Yes. I'll That's cool. There's a, couple of, there's a couple of free tools. I use, I still use one which is paid. Um, it's mainly because it runs on Office 365. Nice. And it runs on iPhone. So I could record the video on my iPhone and then send the video from there without having to log into, which is why cool. I like it. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to check those out. Yeah. So that's what I'm speaking about in Budapest because I'm like, I like that. And I took that from sales. Yeah. Because they started using it. Because for outbound sales, it's the same thing. Nobody wants to talk to you. But you send them a video email, they're like, they're going to watch it and you're going to get a response. Because even if it's like, look, we're not interested, that's a response. I'm turning now. <laughs> I am intrigued because I agree with you. Like, it is a lot more of a personalized feeling. Without it, taking too much time. Cause that yeah, takes, and it doesn't take much time. The research for that is the research I would do anyway and I would have it in my target lists. But I can batch that. I can, like, depending on what tool I use, I can either shoot a hundred of those of those videos and then just edit it yeah or i can shoot them one by one and send them off but at the end of the day i it's anybody can do for 20 a day right you're like first thing in the morning first thing you do or whatever you think you've good you're like you have your target list of people you want to contact you go in and you start one by one and you're like okay put the video you know just shoot a short video it doesn't have to be you know just you get used to it like it doesn't have to yeah. be perfect because it's like nobody is um, I spoke Wait, about what? this. It goes to announce It doesn't have to be perfect. No, because I got to drill that in my brain. But we're Mark. people, but it's not like because it, if it's too polished, it looks like an employment branding video. Yeah, and that's what I've seen I a lot of companies do because they found some kind of tool that automated it. But all it does is like change the name of something, and it's like it still looks fake because it is. That's so unfortunate. I'm still working on, and how can I get? that baked into a recruitment marketing nurturing software so that I can put Ooh. links to my videos and it still get baked into the automated drip campaigns. Um, so Vidyard, which is one of the companies that does these video tools, they use it in their outbound sales, but not all of their outbound emails would have videos in it. What they do is that they send a video email first. So completely cold a video email. Look, hi, this is me, the name of the person. This is why we want to talk to you. You have 15 minutes. Click on you know my calendar link down there. Hope you hope to talk. Oh, to that's you. easy too. Yeah. Make it as easy as possible. Call to action, like one click done. The follow-up email they do is text only because you would have those like okay they didn't open it because it was a video or they probably didn't read it at all. The right. third email is video again, but it's a screen capture of okay. uh, of them going through their LinkedIn profile and saying. These are the specific oh points in your profile 
that prompted me to think I wanted to reach out to you. So they do this for sales. And I I'm like, love that idea. Any candidate ever is like, you haven't looked at my profile. I'm like yeah. this is showing, and that's the kind of third email. You can mess around with the cadence on that, but I love that as well. And I was like, I want to use that for recruitment because especially a lot of those hard to get candidates is like, you haven't looked at my profile. Why are you contacting me? I'm yep. saying that I have in the first email, but they don't believe me. Second one, it's pure text. They still sending them an email where they're like, hold on, that's my LinkedIn profile or GitHub, whatever it is. Like, no. So that's as personalized as it gets. Again, that's a two minute video, but that's as hyper personalized as it gets because you're telling them this, this, and this is what I picked up on your profile, why I think it's interesting for us to talk. I love that idea. Like, I'm going to use that idea today. That's awesome. Now, I have a lot of people that think that my level of personalization for emails is a little bit creepy status. <laughs> because <laughs> of what you tell them that you know? Being in the music industry, I'm cross-referencing, and this has been a really good marketing schlick for me, is cross-referencing their likes on Facebook and Twitter with our artists. Yeah. So if I see that they like Taylor Swift, I'll be like, how would you like for your work to support Taylor freaking Swift? I know you're already a super fan or yeah. whatever. And in the subject line, I'll include like a lyric. And it's click-through rates are fantastic. Absolutely. But then they're like, how did you know I like Taylor Swift? I'm like, well. Yeah, when you start telling them about the Twitter and the Facebook API, they yeah. get a bit freaked. I cross-referenced your Facebook <laughs> likes and your Twitter likes. And but so you I liked one tweet. See, and I do the same thing, but on LinkedIn, whenever I'm about to reach out to somebody, I'll look at their feed to see if they've liked something that might be able to make a connection there yeah, yeah. or if they posted something i'll like it so that obviously they're notified that hey i'm checking you out and i'm going to follow up with an email or an invitation to connect or whatever so trying trying to use their likes and their activity as much to make it more personalized yeah and warmer and you need to be able to systematize all of this yep oh, yeah. so when you're paying for tools is I it your company or is it you well, my company is me. Okay. See, <laughs> I primarily pay for my own tools. Yeah, so do I. Because I don't want to wait for the approval process. No. And, and like, that's the thing. I, have, I, my, I have a couple of things. Me. Yeah, I have a couple of things. Like Lucia is mine. Like all of the Absumo yeah. kind of things that I do. I'm like, yeah, I bought it. Yeah. I have a couple honestly, of expensive ones as well, but I'm like, you become better at your job, which makes you more marketable and you end up getting paid more. Yeah. So I, I totally understand like the payoff with those investments. Yeah. Granted, I'm pretty cheap and I, I pick wisely and I pick pretty <laughs> cheap too. Um, but like back in when I was an IT recruiter in the staffing industry, nobody was paying for their own tools. Nobody was using tools other than LinkedIn. No. Um, it's just, it wasn't, people kind of stuck their nose up to it. They were like, well, my company oh, should give me the tools. Well, I'm used to and you're getting I, a commission check. You pay for your own tools. Yeah, I back for before yeah. there was LinkedIn recruiter and things like that. Like I paid for my own LinkedIn premium license and whatever. I'm like, okay, my job is easier. Like why wouldn't I? And see, I've customized our LinkedIn recruiter platforms for a couple of different companies. And like, there's so much functionality there, but it's also really interesting to see how like, the higher tools and the seek outs are catching up in to, America. 
yes, in America to replace yeah. LinkedIn. My problem is, and it's to say, like, one, um, none of them are geared to corporate. So as soon as, like, what if we don't have Gmail? Uh, and I was like, mm-hmm. can you do Sing? No. I'm like, okay, so from a European point of view and from 90% of the companies that I work with, you're useless. Because if I can't send emails, if you want to do that without having a Gmail, then what am I supposed to use? Like in most companies, like I'm lucky now we have Gmail, like we're running on Google apps, but most companies are running on exchange service and office 365. You're too expensive for me to fit, to, to put the bill on my company. So I have to be able to sell it back to my customer. And if you don't have anything that integrates with the email that I have with them, then I'm not even going to try. Absolutely. So since you didn't go to my session, I'll drop in two tools for you that integrate with Gmail. Um, I'm sure you know of Zen Sorcer. No, it integrates with both Gmail and Outlook. Okay. And you can send in mails and emails as part of your sequencing now. Now, I just like to switch hit. Like if I don't get you on an email, I'm going to get oh, you yeah. on an in mail. For me, it's all about sequencing. It's like, so 90% of recruiters will send one in mail and then give up. That's why I like the sequencing. Yeah, and exactly. But but I like so I've done that without having tools for it. It's just that's what I do. I would just follow up. Um, and then, yeah, that's what we that the tool that I, I bought today was exactly that. It's like it integrates with Gmail. It doesn't ask you to hand over your whole life. Who's people that you've learned from, like kind of when you really started getting into sourcing? Um I hate to be so cliche, but Dean DaCosta. Mm-hmm. Um, because it being from Louisville, Kentucky, I mentioned like I'm the only sorcerer in Kentucky and I, I'm probably not the only one, but I don't that have, yeah. I don't have peers in Kentucky that I can uh, jive with. So just from like a content pumping perspective, I kept getting notifications of like Dean's YouTube videos and stuff. And then I, and that's what really got me interested in like, Oh, tools and technologies. Like, golly, I just want to make my own. Um, <laughs> So that was kind of what opened my eyes initially to like all of this untapped potential and all of these, again, tools and technologies that I had never even heard of. And I probably don't know anybody here locally that has ever heard of these Mm, things. Um, So that was kind of my entry point. And from there, going down a rabbit hole, um, of course, the Aaron Lentz's, the Greg Hawks, Sarah Goldberg, you, um, just people that we're really adding adding value to the SourceCon community online. Um, those people kind of became my inspiration mm-hmm. for sharing and learning more. And then I played my first sourcing game and read my first sourcing book, The Full Stack Recruiter, and just became unbelievably inspired by Yawn. Yeah. And... Yeah, and then I guess just relationships have started to blossom from there. But those are typically my go-to people. You started doing YouTube videos last year as well, didn't you? Yeah, like Dean and I got together and recorded our first video. Um, but I am I'm such a freaking perfectionist. Like <laughs> I can't I can't get there to click publish. Yeah, and so when I was speaking at SourceCon this past time for the first time, like you know, I'm like. Ah, I, I can't go back and redo this. Um, I was kind of freaking out. And Tanji was like, Susanna, nobody knows your presentation except for you. They're not going to know if you mess up. And when she said that, I was like, you know, you're right. 
And now you're just stalking and you're just being in the chat of the, the um, peer sourcing guys. Yes. But the, the paired sourcing guys, like I really like Twitch. Yeah. I, I like the platform because it's live. It's interactive. Um, you can see their screen and you can see their face, which that was another huge issue for me. I'm like pointing at you. That was a big issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> was like my face on the screen while I'm trying to show my screen. Um, I kept looking down at my face. I'm like, yeah, look, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my biggest pet peeve when people don't do that. I'm bored yeah. with webinars where you just see slides. I'm like, just send me a video. Like, I want right. to see the people. And I know it's like, even in the sales kind of like e-commerce and things like that, everybody's like, should you do it? And then more and more finding out, like, they get better sales by doing it because people want to do business with people. Yes. Absolutely. There's a lot of value there. And my boss has told me from day one, like, you got to have your face on it. <laughs> you know, your face is talking, not just a picture. Like, you have to make it more personal. Um, and I've had a lot of hesitancy with that. And I think that's just from my original um, SourceCon hackathon showing up in a sundress, you know, sort of a situation. <laughs> like, I work from home. I'm sporting my yoga pants. But, you know, I don't typically get dressed up and put on no. makeup and all that stuff. But nobody freaking cares. No. If you're good at what you do, you're going to – people are going to want that content. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm finally – I'm coming around, Mark. Good. I'm glad. It's baby steps. <laughs> it is. That was and my problem like, as well. It's like there's not enough content out there. And I, even the content that's there is either – very infrequent, which is why I wanted to do yeah. every week. Or either they do it for a bit and then they it dies down. So I'm right. like, because like, yeah, you're not going to get thousands of followers. Like, you need to put a year into this. Otherwise, you know, don't. Um, right. Like Dean goes, does good things. And it's like, you know, there's a video here and there. He's pretty good at coming out pretty much once a week. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like you're like, yeah, you can, I don't like reading articles so much. So like, I want to see or hear something. I'm such a reader. Like that's just how I process things. And I'm not going to turn this video around, but if you could see my desk, there's so much paper. Like I'm printing all of the articles who prints things anymore. I don't know me. Um, and then of course I have to file it away very meticulously. So I <laughs> it like, I'm so OCD about things, but again, I got to get out of that bubble and like, it, it is exciting when I hear that people have gone to my YouTube and that sort of stuff because that's the place where I first discovered some sourcing tricks. Um, and I don't feel like people are putting their tricks out there for consumption um, very easily. No. But then yet again, I'm not doing it as frequently as I should be either. No, I mean, that's like everybody kind of talks about tools and it's like, oh, it's tools there. Like, what I think is missing is a lot is that some of those talks that we have at SourceCon, which is, it's not about tools. It's about a mindset and it's about processes. Oh, process but improvement. Pe people don't put processes or just the mindset is like, look, you're like, yeah, I can give you a tool about using videos and, in, in, you know, how to use that in emails. But if you don't have the mindset and you don't have the process to follow that of thinking in cadence and why I'm doing it, you're never going to use the tool. Yeah. Oh, and that's absolutely. the problem. So like all of those reviews of tools, it's like, 
that's fine. Like I say, when all of those product pitches work together. Yeah. And also, yeah. how do you, like, what I'm missing in our industry, which I see a lot in other, like, in the sale, is that different tools working together and doing one webinar and saying, you can use yeah. our tool in connection with this tool and that tool. And we're like, that's what I want. Because we all have too many tools. Give me yeah. one that, you know, integrate with each other so that we don't always have to go back to the lowest common denominator and, you know, go in sapier everything. But that's what we end up doing. But even if it's that, then... Show me how to do that um, so that I don't have to do a comma-separated value file and dump it all into whatever tool I'm using because it's what we do. Yeah. Oh, amen to that. CSVs for life, right? <laughs> but it's not necessary. So are you using Zapier? Uh, I'm not yet, but I'm looking into it because like, the tools that I'm looking at, a lot of them are already integrated with Zapier. Yeah. Um, and rather than having to hard-code an integration into different tools, just making it as open as possible yes so i feel like that has a lot of untapped potential oh, that's being talked about a lot but nobody's doing it and if they are they're doing it from like a sales perspective yeah. where they're creating lists and stuff yeah. process improvement as a whole just totally tickles my fancy like i want to optimize everything yeah All and of the i want everything to be scalable it's like if i can do this but I, I i don't want i want me not to be the bottleneck in the process so if it's something that can be done well, can you automate it but can you scale it so you can do it times 10 without hiring 10 other people to do it you're speaking music to my ears you founded the online community sources of code last year tell us a bit about that I didn't know how to code, so I figured I'd create a group of sorcerers who did, and they would teach me, <laughs> which is so funny because now everyone's like, oh, that's the girl that can code. I'm like, nah, I still can't. I have some HTML books up there, but that's, that's as close as I've gotten. Yep. Um, so just kind of creating my own network of people that I wanted to learn from. And, dude, we almost have a 1,000 members. I know. I saw that. And that's yeah. without any marketing. Yeah. That's pretty great. And it's a closed group. Yeah. No, it's so just that's, people who hear about it from one of Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. One of the voids that Sorcerers Who Code aimed to serve was people can speak technology. Yeah. People can speak recruiting. But when you don't get people that can no. speak both very often, no. it's a hand-holding experience. Yeah. And that's why that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy being a part of advisory boards for HR tech because I'm able to speak a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of bit of tech and or excuse <laughs> me, rewind a little bit of tech, but a lot of recruiting. Mm. Um, and so being able to influence the back end of these systems is just like, yeah, man, you're yeah. you're hearing me correctly. It's pretty exciting. Who are you working with now? seek out oh cool but what i'm jazzed about with them specifically um and i'm still i'm still working on them but their insights in people analytics yeah is linkedin recruiter on steroids and very it's just very transparent you don't have to go hunting for the information and that is so valuable when you're trying to serve as a talent advisor to your hiring managers or for back-end research purposes or um, for really understanding the employer value proposition and being able to market yourself efficiently to people. I mean, there's just so much 
Yeah. Untapped I mean, potential. That's there. what I that's what I like on the tech like about amazing hiring as well. That it's like, okay, I know why you found this person and it's just not because some keyword popped up. Yeah. But it's because, you know, this lady is the top, you know, one percent on GitHub for her specific programming language. Yeah. That's what I want. I don't need some fancy graph of why. As it's like just tell me and tell yes. me where you found that and then show me her social footprint. So that I can go in and I can send that to my manager because he doesn't give a hoot about the LinkedIn profile, but nope. send the Stack Overflow and the GitHub profile, then we talk. Like, yeah. And I am in complete agreement with you there. Um, you mentioned like a keyword, popping it in and, you know, getting results. One thing that Anoop and I are struggling with back and forth is my inability to let go of crafting the most extensive Boolean search strings because <laughs> I stem all of my words like crazy. So if I'm looking for a manager, I'm looking for a manager, manage, manages, managed, managing, management, managerial. All this misspelling as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh gosh, don't get me into like looking for an analyst because they <laughs> analyze with a Z and an S. They yeah. also analysis and blah, 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 blah. So I'm building out these crazy Boolean strings and sending them to Anoop. And he's like, Susanna, let it go. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. But their advanced search functionality is leaps and bounds behind any other platform. Mm -hmm. So I'm really having a good time, like, not having to build out these extensive strings and being able to use their advanced okay. search filters. That's um, what I do. I mean, that... When Ooh, people are like, oh, so bullying, this and that. I'm like, I've had recruit, LinkedIn recruiter for the last, whatever, five years. And I, I, I'm really good at filters. Yeah. And the problem with bullying is that it excludes too many people the more extensive my bullying is. So I don't. I start as I broad as possible and then I filter it down. Oh, I, I zone in to the crib of the crop, in my opinion. That's fine. But then, then you're, you, like, a lot of the times, especially with, anything technical you're missing the people because they're not gonna think like you and they're not gonna think like you're bullying yeah i'm gonna wrap my head around that one and just let it <laughs> let it sit there for a while i told the same to my team they were like oh they started with all the titles it's like what about all the people who don't put that, that title in yeah they're never being spoken to and it's like but are they any worse? Like, no, no. Like, so why are we putting titles in? Right. Like, what are we actually looking for? It's like, oh, we're looking for developers. It's like, okay, so put it into skills, the languages they need to program in. Because guess what? A lot of people have those as keywords in their profile. Very few of them has it as skills in their profile. Yep. And even fewer would have people who've endorsed them for that skill. So just search on that and then narrow down. And it's like, Oh yeah, like the, we no, it's like you get people you never would have looked at, but they're spot on because they call themselves something else. So, so true story. I was stuck in an airport on a layover um, during March freaking madness. Which <laughs> okay, in Kentucky, March madness is a huge deal. I, I mean, I bleed blue. Uh, March madness and the derby. Yes, ah, you're good at this. There you go. Um, so I'm stuck in an airport, sitting at the bar, yelling at my team, and the guy next to me was like, oh my gosh, and I had on my nerd shirt coming from a source con conference. He's like, so what do you do? It was halftime at this point. I tried to explain it, and he was like, well, why don't you try and find me? And I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. 
So I found him on LinkedIn and I'm trying to find like his email address or his social profiles or something. He stumped me completely. And it's because he was like Andrew Jackson, the fifth. <laughs> and I wasn't looking for, you know, the fifth. Um, and he was a programmer. His name was not Andrew Jackson, yeah, but yeah. you get the point. Um, and he was so proud that he was able to stump me. But then I was like, well, what's your wife's name? <laughs> and then I was able to find everything about her. And Just he give like, me a oh. mobile number. I'll look you up in Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be talking to sources from around the world. What's something that you would like to know from other sources? Gosh, the challenges over in Europe, of course, with information. Um, I still can't wrap my head around that because I feel like eventually it's going to come to the United States. Yep. And I want to be ahead of that curve, um, but also bringing my own program globally. I have to, of course, learn tricks of the trade in that area, um, as well as like we definitely have U.S. centric HR tech, like we mentioned, yep. Seek Out and whatnot. Um, so, are there any not U.S. centric tools that I'm missing out because I'm not, you know, in tune with that specific network? I think that would be interesting and just really like, I think what you're doing in your platform is very, it's a good value add for sourcers to tune in because it's affirming that like, we're not just in our home alone with nobody to talk to. Um, and people don't even know what a sorcerer is. Um, this is a good opportunity for us to understand and realize that our community is so much bigger well, y'all's amazing hiring hackathon was even mentioning sites that I didn't know yes. of because I'm American. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to. <laughs> no, so even like that learning opportunity was something that I wouldn't have been able to get if I had participated in a U.S. based. No, hackathon. exactly. No, so, we're used to it. Like, okay, with languages, you don't. You go different network. Yeah, I, go different networks. How to search in different languages yeah. too? That's. I'm going to have to cross that path eventually. Um, ah. <laughs> so if you could like, you know, get somebody on the show that teaches me how to, <laughs> how to search in different languages, I would, I really I do love that growth hacking group on Facebook. I like the growth hacking from a sourcing perspective though. Not like, um, I don't need to grow my own network, no. but I want to be able to pull you know, all the group members from LinkedIn groups without having access to them. Oh yeah. But that's, being a that's member or whatever. Yeah, that, talk, then, to, talk to David Gallery on that. Yeah. He's the, he's the expert in that. There is somebody else that I wanted to shout out if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I can't say his last name either. Okay. Mark Torto. <laughs> Mark Torici. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good accent there. Um, his SourceCon Academy training videos uh totally blew my mind yeah. with the organization of them and the it's very easy to understand because that's and what we need because it's like every so nicely yeah and everybody i talk to is like uh how did you get started it's like well i read this one and that one but it's like having a structured oh my it's God. hard yeah and he has mastered that it's very it's obvious that's what he's um, done for the last 15 years is train recruiters yeah. and sources yeah Yes, it's fantastic. So, and he's in charge of the hackathon. So I'm always like, Mark, I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also my go-to for like 
any sort of x-ray search, if I'm really having a hard time getting the results that I want, I'm like, Mark, help a sister out. He's always, and yeah. 30 seconds later, he'll be like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's a good one to have in your corner too. Yeah. If people want to follow you, well, where do they find you? I am branded across the board as O Susanna Marie. Um, and that's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, across the board. And also <laughs> osusannamarie.com. And if you want to email me, I'm at me at osusannamarie.com or osusannamarie at gmail.com. There you go. So that's me. Thank you all for watching. I'll be back next week with a new sourcing conversation, this time from Switzerland. I'll be sitting down with Guillaume Alexandra from Gates Solutions and talk to him about how he got started in sourcing. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel. Or for the audio versions, go to iTunes or Spotify. So you make sure that you get the newest episode as soon as they become available.